Thanks for tuning in to the World XP Podcast. If you're enjoying the content, please drop us up, drop a like, and let us know your thoughts below in the comments. Also, please consider supporting our podcast via the link below. It really helps us out. Welcome back, bro. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Why are you all the way down in your camera thing? It is. I don't know if you can hear the motorcycle out there. It's a dude that lives on my block. It's been crazy. It's the angle that my iPad sits at. Oh, for real? Yeah, because I was going to use my laptop, but it's almost always hard stuck on a charger. Um, it, it like 30 minutes off charger is like, like 20%. Mm. Can you hear the vacuum that just started? I cannot know, which is good. If you can't hear the motorcycle, that's also good. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> this is a great start. Off to a great start. Oh my God. Um, fuck. I don't even know what we're talking about. Oh yeah. So I guess we can start with getting fresh cuts and stuff. Yeah, because those are fun. Got you got, got you it. got one today. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna line up the front yourself. So when people put in the comments that Jason's barber fucked it up, it's like, nope, that was on purpose. He asked for it that way. This this is oh, I keep saying I'm in like surgery mode of trying to repair it. Um, yeah, yeah. You find you find good barbers who can, or you, even your good barber will have one off day, and it's just like. Ah. I ain't gonna do that again. I've been yeah. cutting my hair since since 2020. I've been doing my fade and my line for ages, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Even, I can't ever cut the top, and I don't trust anyone in my house to cut the top. And so I always have to go to him. Sometimes I'll let him do the full, you know, whole nine yards, line up, fade, and everything. Sometimes I'll have him just cut the top and line everything else up. I had just given myself a cut Monday because I had a, a meeting that evening I had to go to, um, and so it wasn't the fade itself wasn't that old. Yeah. Uh, but it was a very quick cut. Like I had to just, it was on lunch, just faded it up, did a quick line. And as I was cutting the line, I was like, I'm going to need something to like help this grow more. Um, you know. Yeah, think, so you don't go Stephen A. Smith on yourself exactly. when you're 25. Exactly. And I used to Can't put having that cornrows a lot. Any braids that pull your hair back, you do it long enough, it just naturally pulls your hairline. So I was, as a, as a kid, I had cornrows. And when I had long hair, I think you've seen me too. When I was still in Maryland, Walsh, I would come with braids every now and then. Yeah, you had twists and stuff. Yeah. All sorts. Boss braids were much safer because they went out as opposed to back. That's true. Like even mine, like one time, so you can't see it because it's it's back now. But one time, because because this hair is down there, yeah. so when they go like this to line it up, I had one dude like go like all the way back, and I was like, uh, but you couldn't you couldn't see it because it was down, so like it wasn't the end of the world. But I was like, all right, not going okay. to you anymore. Leave that alone. And my guy now, he like because he lines it up, so there's a little bit you can't really tell because it's blonde, but there's yeah. like a little bit that's short. And he yeah. knows where to stop it because, like, when your hair is darker and you can see, it looks a little bit messy. But mine's blonde. The only part is like this widow's peak right here, and then I just do that myself. Yeah. Anyways, and even like this stuff in here, I do like with the beard and all sorts. And then I don't know. It's it's weird because you see some of these like super master barbers on Instagram, and every there's not one hair. Like they go in with the microscope yeah. and like the the what are those things called the strand thingies when they go like, through it like eyebrows yeah yeah yep. and they go in and get like every single one and you're like all right how much does that cost and that's really the question because you know and especially once you become like a social media or influencer in your profession you you're gonna charge more your prices are probably like 45 dollars or 50 dollars a cut at that point i saw one guy 120 for a cut yeah yeah but also, there's a guy on, 
He's on TV. He's a soccer guy. Yeah. He's like three cuts a week, 200 bucks a cut. I don't know if that includes tip or not. Yeah. But you spending, I don't know, $2,000 a month on your haircuts. It's like, at what point, at what point does that not become worth it anymore? Exactly. Even for me, I get mine cut, I don't know, every two weeks or three weeks, depending on if I'm doing something important. Yeah. And I try to time it out too. So I'm not, I don't get it cut. And then a week and a half later, I'm like, ah, shit. Like yep. I'll, I'll just wait an extra week and then get it cut a couple days before or whatever. Cause I'll have a, I'll have probably like this haircut is probably a little over a week old. Yeah. So I have a window where it's okay. Yeah. Where it still looks, it still looks appropriate. Yeah. You tell us like that. You didn't get cut today. I couldn't tell when you got cut. Yeah, days ago could have been four or five, six days ago. Yeah, I just did numbers. I remember I had calculated this back when I first started cutting my hair of like making the decision to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and my barber call he charges twenty dollars per cut, not including a tip. Yeah, and if you do it every two weeks, twenty six weeks out of a fifty two week year, it's five hundred twenty dollars. Uh, and my cheap behind back then was like, man, what can I do with five hundred twenty dollars? Invested in crypto. <laughs> I probably did. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> around that, around that season, when any, 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 uh, any loose money at the end of the month, at the end of your budget, was going into into some type of crypto crypto investment. So that's that in and of itself could be a whole podcast conversation of what in the world happened with the, the crypto movement. Oh, um, it's still there. I think. I, let's finish the barber one, and then we can go on to that because I have two other thoughts that I had when you were talking about the five hundred twenty dollars. Because five hundred twenty dollars, so plus tip, so it's, let's, let's say twenty five. Twenty five times 20, 25 times twenty six is what? Six fifty. Six fifty, right? So you sitting there almost. How much is that six fifty worth? If you go into an interview and you look presentable your first two weeks, and then you yeah. the one that gets the raise. That is true. First, because it's because it's an investment. I know you've been yeah. at your everyone been at their job and been like, "Damn, that dude doesn't take care of himself," and that's not a good look, especially when you're in a position like you in where you're trying to maybe go into politics or you're trying to do something where you have to be presentable often. Yeah, yeah. you're talking to people, you're doing meet and greets, you're meeting different people, you at different partnership meetings, you're doing this, you're doing that. You never want to be the dude that's. Did rough. he even shower yesterday? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean, though. That, it's an it's an investment. I feel like it's an investment. And, and I would even say between that six, because that's exactly what I was thinking of. There might be occasions when you it might be a week in between, but you just need another lineup, or you want to look as crisp as possible. That's probably why I cut it on Monday. Um, there was a board meeting I was going to in the evening, um, which kind of got sprung on me the day of. And so I was like, "Dang, I definitely had not." Because I usually cut my hair every Friday. Um, just make it quick, easy. And that way you're managing your man, your load management is low because mm -hmm. you can still identify where the fade was. You can figure out where you want to, where you want to make your, your bloodline. Mm -hmm. Um, and usually the line itself is still very much visible. Um, but I hadn't cut in like two weeks and he was like, yeah, can you come present this at like five o'clock for the board? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Skip lunch and everything. <laughs> I think I had like granola bars or like a, a trail mix bar and some fruit and just cut my hair over lunch break. Yeah. After that six fifty though, I feel like it starts to get excessive. Yeah, because again, Cause two weeks get... appropriate. Yeah, 
Because then you get into where it doesn't even look real. You've seen dudes, dudes' corners look so sharp that it's, <laughs> it's more 90 degrees than 90 degrees. They, they, they look like it's been drawn on. Yeah. Can't have so, that also. Well, Good. Unless you DJ Khaled or something. Then it's, then it's okay because that's what you expect. And that dude gets his hair cut every two, three days from some guy that he probably charges him a hundred bucks or whatever. And that's fine. But for not somebody of that yeah. status, yeah. it's like, what are you doing? At that point, I'd, I'd put him on payroll, right? If you're a millionaire, I'd give him 25 bands for the year and be like, I, when I call do. you, when I call you, you show up. You, you they probably up. do, to be honest, because they don't got time. Way. They don't got time. You know how busy these people are? Shoot, two and a half hours. I got to the barbershop at like 8.58, 9 o'clock, right? My dad's there and two other folks are in front of me. I can't tell who's next. Because some of them come in there and look like they don't need a cut, but they're in there because they just want, like, the whole conversation of, no, nah, I just got one last week, but I'm, I'll make sure I look sharp. So I'm back in here again. It's like, for my job, I ain't had a cut in three weeks. I need to get, I need to go. But I think it was two and a half hours. Got out, texted you at like 11.37 or something like that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm back in the car. So I calculated time, like two and a half hours for like four people. One was in the chair. My dad, one, two. So four people ahead of me, two and a half hours, which I think was good. Two of them were lineups instead of actual cuts or fades, which I think sped the process up. Yeah, you'd have been in there till tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Can't have that. We've done the podcast from the chair. <laughs> Spinning around. <laughs> hey, not, that would have been funny, though, actually. That would have been a good change of, change of scenery. But yeah. these people are so busy. Even... The one guy, Garrett, I had on uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, two weeks ago. Dude is getting up at six in the morning without an alarm. Confidence. Taking cold shower. He runs, he owns three companies and he's got his day job. Dude is working from when he gets up until he goes to bed. You know, I've been I've been encroaching on that because I, I, I came to realization earlier this year that I think I'm approaching burnout um, where outside of my day job, I think I was involved in 10 other things outside of work at different mm -hmm. capacities Four four major, major organizations, maybe five, most of them in Culpeper, one still attached to Mary Washington. Uh, and I had to really reevaluate things of like, because I enjoy being busy. Right. Like idle time for me is, you know, that's when that's when things get distracted. That's when you get lazy and all of that. But there's also a point in which you're too busy into which going doing things like going to the gym or eating healthy just becomes uh, like a hassle almost. And it's harder to do so, which is something I didn't realize. Like I, I realized I'd come close to that. The other end of the spectrum of too busy, which is legitimately uh, there's a space where you're too busy. Um, a friend of mine called me uh, Mr. Always on the Go the other day, and I was like, dang. You know, if she, if, and I just <laughs> met her not too long ago, so she can identify that. I was like, maybe maybe I am a little too busy. So yeah. I can't, you know, there, there's, a, there's a balance you have to find. And I think for me, and, and you know, certain industries, certain, certain professions, there kind of is no work-life balance, right? Like if you, if, if what you're doing is around the clock or you, if you're doing anything related to media or the news, that's you're around the clock. If something breaks at seven o'clock, you kind of have to be on, you have to be available to either discuss it or share something about it. And it was like, dude, how do you really, how do you live a life? How do you pursue a relationship both either in spouse or with a friend if you are never really turned off of work? Well, um, he's not. That's what he said. He said he's yeah. very, he said he's very conscious of that fact. The other Is flip side. No. 
single. So the flip side to that is what it what are you spending your time doing? So for him, when yeah. he's running three companies, he's going to be able to retire in five years, and he's thirty or thirty-one yeah. or whatever he is, so he's right? Building and, towards that, and that's the sacrifice that he's making. So it's weird. It's like you got to figure out what are you actually spending your time doing? Cause if you love what you're doing and is helping is being, it's something that's productive for you and you can make a living off it, then it's different than just being involved in things for the sake of it, being involved in things. Like you said, there's that balance, but also staying disciplined with the gym and all the the rest of the stuff. I make gym and eating priority number. I make being, I make my, my own health, number one usually and then everything else goes after that which helps me which helps me not put that stuff on the side and makes it not a hassle because i make sure it's first like number one priority i don't know you're right though so let's say this this is some this is the situation i found myself in i usually have a standing young adult group on monday at 6 37 o'clock some days some evenings my two like so usually i don't lift on mondays mondays is usually automatic for my rest day um, some days I'll have a meeting on Tuesday at like five or at seven. It kind of varies throughout the week. And it's hard for me to kind of plan. You know, some people like I go to gym on these specific days. Mm-hmm. Some of the, some of the boards that I serve on will have monthly meetings and those monthly meetings will happen to just fall on one of those weeks. And if it's not, then it might be a committee meeting on a different week. Um, and I've been trying to figure out how do I create a structure around, it's a structure of, you know, physical health around some other things right like if something comes up during the week do i shift my days um you know do i go on the weekend which also is very you know something i think i told myself a while ago that i was going to start doing weekends because i'm not doing anything most of the time um and using the morning time i could sneak to the gym get that out the way and then go about the rest of my day um which is something i'd still i still need to do right it's getting there yeah one thing to consider for the gym is something is better than nothing. So even if you only get there for 30 minutes, it's better than not better than not going at all because it gets the heart rate up. It gets, it gets other things other than it helps with things other than just, Oh, I'm getting more muscles. It helps with mental helps feeling like you put yourself through some stress today. When you get up and you have a hard workout, super hard workout in the morning, the rest of the day is so much easier because you already did yeah. the hardest thing that you're going to do. Like, what are you going to do the rest of the day? Be annoyed that some guy did the dumb thing. It's like, yeah, dude, I already just made myself run this much and lift this yeah. much and did all these other things and didn't give yeah. myself any rest. And my legs are burning and yeah. yada, yada. And then when you get to work, some guys like, well, I forgot to do that thing because I forgot. And you're like, all right, sounds good. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. And that's, it's most of your energy is exerted in the morning. Do you lift in the morning? I try to, I, I'm, I'm in a weird spit. When I work from home, I try to work out in the morning. Yeah. Otherwise it's after work. Yeah. But I'm also doing, I also try and at least get a walk in. Like I walk the dog in the morning yeah. or get out of the house to do something. Yeah. Um, because often how my schedule was working out, at least in the winter was I would drive down to work. There's a gym near. So the gym that I have membership to one life, you can scan in at any location. And there was one near my 
work. So I would drive down to work, lift at the one there after work, and then go to practice for Fredericksburg Fire or fit it in. I've got a gym in my apartment complex I go to sometimes. Um, but yeah, my big heavy lifts, like legs and stuff, when I go heavy on that, when I don't have a lot of practices or games, yeah. are in the mornings and I get in the sauna right afterwards Ooh. at the gym. Ooh. Yeah, you can't be dead. No. And if fitness got those like hydrotherapy machines for the black card members, and I remember one here in town, but they're like open house, you can come try them out. Mm-hmm. And I had considered just upping my membership solely for those chairs because they are phenomenal. They are the real mm. deal. Um, I think they might have a sauna too. I'm not sure if Planet Fitness keeps a sauna in their, in their location. Probably not. Hydro, I, the hydro massage. If I had to guess though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like that'd be an odd. Even if they did, would you want to go to the Planet Fitness sauna? Uh, um, I don't know thoughts. Um, do you still play basketball or are you playing more soccer than basketball? I haven't played... I've played, I can count on one hand the amount of pickup basketball games that I've played since COVID. What? So soccer then? How? Yeah. You're still playing. You're still playing competitively, right? Yeah. Have you found since you were at Marywash that you improved how well or how much you know about the game or certain skills? Do you think you've improved since then? Oh, for sure. I am a completely one hundred percent better player now than I was then. You, yeah. If you had asked anybody coming out of high school or my first two years at Wash, hey, in five years, do you think Eric will have gone to Mexico, been on trial with two pro teams, and is playing in and is going to play in the the soccer version of the basketball of TBT this summer? Yeah. They'd be like, no. But everyone yeah. on my team, everyone on my team now, Virginia Dream. Let's see, Seven are former pros, actual pros, mm. pro contracts. In MLS or international? Um, some some overseas, a, yeah. a few in France, um, and then the rest like USL Championship or whatever. And when yeah. I'm healthy, I'm one of the first names on the starting lineup. Mm. Right. So, so, yeah, you're at the doorstep of it. Is it is professional soccer a career move that you would make at no. this stage? Probably not. It would it would have to be it would have to be the right offer because in the US below MLS. So one, I don't have a resume. Mm-hmm. For those listening, when you're putting yourself out there to teams, you you basically apply the same way you would a normal job. So I have no resume. My resume is club soccer at Mary Washington. I haven't played in anything that has any meaning really until very very recently yeah and i'm about to be 27 and i don't feel like moving to i don't know well this is the example i always use no disrespect to tulsa yeah arizona i don't feel like moving to tucson to make twenty five thousand dollars a year for a one-year contract yeah to play at a level that is incrementally better than where i'm at now yeah and for people like if Zach, if you're listening, Zach, uh, he's my friend from he lives in Delaware, not uh, Wool King, different Zach. Zach was thinking. Of. <laughs> I was like, he no, plays soccer. No, 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 no. <laughs> so for him, he's a quality player, but he lives yeah. in an area where there's not that much soccer around. So yeah. he is probably the best player in that area by a long shot. But if he were to come down here, he would just fit in with all the 
the top tier amateur leagues that are in the area just because there's so much talent around here. So if Mm -hmm. I wasn't here, maybe it would be a different thing, but I don't know. I've had people tell me, Hey, you should, you should still try. You should still this. And I'm not, I have had some people reach out through various things, but has never gotten past. We have interest. If that yeah. makes sense, yeah. Okay, so, you're pretty good. Yeah, so is, is there? I don't know. I've never got. I've never entered into contract negotiation with any, with anybody, except for Fredericksburg Fire, which was very simple, basically. But never anyone passed that. And I'm, I don't know. I'm building a life here, and it's kind okay. of hard to say. Hey, let's uproot that. The only way probably I would go. Is if it was somewhere in Europe, and I would go for the experience rather than the money. The play. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I would do it in the U.S. Yeah, and arguably Europe is kind of really where the talent is. Well, it's not even the talent level because I'd be going to. I wouldn't be going to a place. The other thing with professional sports is you have to be better than somebody that that they already have to be able to get on the team. Yeah, noticeably better. Yeah, and so to go to to get into a lower division, you have to be basically as good as the next division up. Mm. Be- essentially, as a as a good. They basically want to see how how well you can perform at this level before they even consider. No, because they've got they'll just have some eighteen year old kid in the academy who's ready, and they can they don't have to pay him anything, and he's already got a passport from wherever country they're in. Why would they waste an international roster slot on some twenty seven year old dude that's never actually played professional before? The the uh, the cards are stacked against me for sure to for for that to happen, and I don't know. I'm not. It's fine. It is what it is. Life happens in that way, and yeah. I I look at some of the guys that played at Mary Wash when I was there, and they're either coaching or not involved at all in in the game anymore, and they're not in shape anymore, and they're not doing this and that, and that's fine, but. I think I would have got burned out if I had played somewhere. I got a buddy who's in who's in that boat now where it was a job. I mean, if you play as as an athlete, it's your job. And so the love of the game, I mean, you talk to a lot of the pros now, and they say they love, they they play game, they do this every day because they love the sport. Um, But I think it's one opportunity. um, Physical makeup sometimes really serves as an advantage because you kind of just get pushed through or you're just – your physical makeup makes it easier for you. But even removing that, it's the work that you have to put in to get to that level sometimes is what burns you out. Where mm-hmm. it's like, I, I love the game because I like playing the game. But when there's specific either metrics or um, a, a new change to the team or a new way it's going to run or they're experimenting with the roster, it kind of takes that fun of the game away and it becomes a business or an organization that needs to be run in a certain fashion, depending on who the coach is, depending on who the athletic director is, whatever the goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of changes how the game is experienced for the player, where it's not just I'm playing this because I am a diehard sports fan, either for basketball or soccer, but it's because it's kind of, like you said, I'm pursuing to try and get to the professional league and I have to kind of just go through these, um, you know, these milestones essentially to get there. One thing you said that I thought, is exactly the season I've been is, you know, you once you kind of nest a little bit, and we're at we're at that age where 
we've been out of school for all, you know, long enough. It's like, okay, what are you doing now? What's the next thing that you're, that you're doing with your life? Um, and I, when I, when COVID came and I came back to, to, to Culpepper, um, I really began to plant roots that as things started to open up or as various opportunities presented themselves, it was harder to, even though the opportunity was incredible, it's hard to just uproot and just bail on everything that you've kind of gotten involved in. Right. Whether that be moving to, to Tucson and you're like, dude, I'm leaving behind my job, my friends, my you know, close circles. People might even be my support system, my mentors, accountability partners, whatever the case might be. You're giving that up to go pursue an opportunity really in the unknown, which is there's a risk on there's a risk involved with you know everything. But that for me has really been something that I've never dealt with is uprooting myself. Um because we knew at Mary Wash, you got four years. Once you graduate, you go back to where you come from, right? So it was easy to kind of get involved with either everything or one thing. And you know when your season is coming. There's a sunset date that you're, that you're going to have. But once you're kind of in the real world, it's like you, you figure that out for yourself, right? Do you really want to become an absolute pillar in a community where, you know, if you're looking for something like the, the, the career I'm in is, is workforce development. So it's a career center in, in town. Um, and I'm in a season now where I feel called and I'm led to be here. It'd be hard for, for me to justify leaving this place to go anywhere else because it's become people are relying on me to be there. People are relying on the office and everything that we can provide to be there. How do you then just, hey, they call. I'm out of here. You know? Yeah. Well, I, that, that, with, I've been wrestling with that for a while. With So in your situation totally agree in soccer it's a little bit different because there's plenty of just like 20 year olds or 18 year olds that are just sitting on the couch waiting for the call so when so right after mexico um sitting around and one of the guys that helped me with getting my resume and my highlight tape done and a few other things like housekeeping items that the clubs were asking for before we went down there you saying, hey, uh, I know this team is looking for somebody in this position. Are you interested in going on trial with them? Yada, yada, a few other things. And it's like, when, when would you, when would I leave tomorrow? Mm. Jenna's like, they can't do that. I was like, they can, because they'll just find <laughs> some, they'll, they'll find some 18 year old who, 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 who will be there bag. tomorrow, who will bag, absolutely bag. be there tomorrow. Yeah. And, and it's, it's it's different. It's different. You're in a different stage of life, and it kind of is what it is. So to your point, one, I want to say one thing about the Mary Wash thing. After those four years, I knew I wasn't going back home. I just didn't know where I was going to be. So that was a little bit different there. Are you are you from Northern Virginia? Mm-hmm. So you, I ended up. I ended up not initially. No, I. So I went back. I do not live in the same town that I grew up in yeah. now. I never went back. Um, and I know, but I also didn't stay in Fredericksburg. Yeah. So with that said, to your point, because I've had trouble with this too. Saying, okay, people are relying on you for X, Y, Z. I can't just leave them. But at what point do you have to say, Am I stuck here? Can I accomplish something more? 
the risk assessment of saying, hey, maybe I'm not going to work at this career center in Culpeper anymore, but maybe I'm going to go to a career center career center in a bigger town and spread roots here. And if I want to get into politics, then maybe I can meet some people who live in this area because it's more affluent and I can... I can then go back and give back after having accomplished more. There's that piece of it where you got to sort it out for yourself because if you live solely off what other people want, it's not a fun time. You're going to be trapped. Yeah. It's not a fun time. And you're talking about the burnout. Oh, people need me to be at this meeting. It's like, Do they really? Not yeah, you, yeah. but not you, the but in, the, in that situation, the meeting is going to go. Right. The the meeting is going to go. And am I providing the best support I can to these people if I'm burned out? Yeah. No, you're not. Nobody, I say this all the time, nobody wants an annoyed Eric at a meeting because every little thing that somebody says is going to piss me off. So, like, it just starts knowing at you yeah and then if i and then if i feel strongly enough about a thing i'll say something and i'll ruin everybody else's day <laughs> that's, like, that's not helpful it's not yeah. helpful at all so knowing that about yourself is is for sure something that as you go in in the real world and figure out when you were in school for instance you were in class teacher really pissed you off you were never going to say shit about it Never. You were gonna grumble to your friends after class, get through the class, and then move yeah, on with your move on with your life. Yeah. Because it was one semester. Yeah. There's this thing that I heard. I forgot. Things have to get really bad before you move. It's like your boss is a dick, but they're not that much of a dick, so you stay. You're in yeah. a relationship that's kind of shitty, but it's not super shitty. They're not cheating on you, so you it's, uh, it's okay. You stay. It's almost it's settling right when okay you get cheated on and your car gets keyed you're out when when oh. the boss is doing some sort of abuse you like you're gone yeah. when you're in school it's just done after four months or whatever however long a semester is but you can get caught in some sort of community group for forever if you're not careful you know, look back 10 years and you can still be at the, that one meeting. Like, what the hell did I just do with these 10 years of my life? Like, I don't actually like this that much. What am I doing? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But change is hard. I went through that this last fall slash winter. New job, wedding, new team, coaching at a new club. Everything's new. Yeah. And that was tough. I, I think there's it's the recognition of when you've kind of hit your glass ceiling, so to speak, with certain, you know, with certain organizations or whether it be mm-hmm. with certain jobs of, you know, I, <clears throat> I kind of look at, look at it through the lens of what more can I learn or what more can I contribute to help improve this group, the organization, this company. And if you can, you know, whether it be uh, pros and cons or, you know, if you can't, if you're, you know, detailing everything of what you've done and where the organization is now, what more can you contribute? Because I think there is, you know, there's always a time when it's it's someone else's time to kind of step in, you know, and it's, it's, it's a natural succession. Yeah. 
And that's how things continue. You know, if you want the, you always want something to outlive your time in it, right? If a good, a good strong organization usually is, has that. They have a number of people who have impacted it in a way before, but it's still around, you know? And so it's, it's a recognition of both internally knowing when you become complacent, because I think complacency is the killer of all, um, you know, all desire or oh, feeling, for sure. you know, when you're like, oh, I'm just here because I'm here. And it's like, well, you don't have to, if you want to do something, especially if you want to do something else, you just go do something else. Um, but to me, that's really, that's when you find of like, when you've been, there's nothing more that you can learn from something. It, it's time to move on. Um, and being able to recognize where and when that is, is, is very mm -hmm. important. Um, originally I, that the question came up because I still play, I play basketball every Wednesday. Um, and I've gotten miles better than when we were back in Mary Washington. Mm -hmm. And nothing, I don't do anything differently. I'm just, yeah. I'm just getting older. My mindset about the game has changed, and I study the way players are playing now. Like Kyrie Irving has been like, I got to remember the shoes that um, Walker had had sold me back in the day, the black. Yeah, ones. yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, when COVID hit, not, yeah, you couldn't hoop. Um, but then, really, like December, a buddy of mine has. Uh, he invited me to play at this church here in town on Wednesdays at like 8 30. Um, and I go for the first time and it is there are some hoopers in there. I was like, yo, this is this is some comp. This is kind of like this is kind of nice. You know, play. You kind of as soon as you play with you know a set of people, especially if it's the same set, you kind of figure out where people are. Mm -hmm. Um and it was it was kind of the same thing when I got to Mary Wash because uh you play hard your first time or your first couple times because you really want to either prove a point or you want to compete. And that's really my mindset now is I, I play to compete. I don't necessarily just play to have fun. I have fun when I win because I like to compete. Um, that was what I, you know, going through that, I, I kind of followed that same method um, and came to the realization of, of like, your mind can do a little, your body can do a lot of things when you put your mind to it. And how you look at the game and how you study it and, you know, kind of just being around it for a while. You kind of understand how rotations are depending on who you're playing. You can learn this in a 48-minute game or, you know, a 40-minute game, whatever they are in high school or college. Um, but you can also learn it in pickup because you get to play with the guys. Of like, I know this person isn't going to come push out on me when I'm at the three-point line. He's going to wait. All right, cool. So I'll do, you know, switch it up and just put him in a post. If you want to, if you want me to come to you, I'll come to you, but I'll put you in a way where I know I can still score. I'm not going to just come face check you, you know, you know, midway through the free point line or at the free throw line. Um, but I'm at a season now where I'm like, I have a lot of knowledge about the game. Um, and I've got a lot of knowledge about what you kind of need to do to self-improve outside of the construct of the team. And I want to go coach. I don't know where to go coach at. I don't know if mm. I'm going to go into the school system. I'm thinking just doing Little League, um, maybe being an assistant coach for someone and just kind of being there. But I also want to play with, like, older kids who also want to compete. Because, um, again, I can't – I, you know, playing with little kids would be hard for me because I'm, I'm a ball I'm a ball off. And I'm like, no, I want I want some pushback. I want someone who's going to put, you know, put the elbow into my back when we're trying to, you know, when I'm trying to get a rebound or something. Um, and so I was curious just about your experience coaching of, how did you how did you end up there? Was it an invitation to coach or did you seek after it and found an opportunity to do so? Um, so to your point about learning more about the game. Yeah, for sure. I'm better there. But I think. My soccer IQ has always been high, so mm -hmm. now I'm picking up on little nuances, but I'll, also I'm, I'm faster now, stronger mm -hmm. now. 
better. I'm just better at everything now. So all the stuff that I was seeing before, uh, I can actually execute it now with at a level that. So I'm better at everything now. Yeah. Um, but to your but yes, agreed to your point about the mental side. To the coaching side, I had tried to stay away from coaching a team because the parents can get nutty. If you don't yeah. end up in a good situation and the kids are not listening, that can be a pain in the ass. There's a lot more than just showing up to practices and games. So we have to sign us up for tournaments, do registration cards for leagues, do background checks to make sure that we're not like pedophiles or something. <laughs> like I did four background checks for coaching. Like you individually? Like yeah. before you can become a coach? Yeah. Why? Or, one yeah, just takes come... a while. Each one takes a while. That's what I'm saying, but they're not even real background checks. It's just annoying paperwork at that point. Was there like they check, they run like a credit check basically? Yeah. Sorry, Corey, I'm saying like too many times. Um, they run a background check or a credit check, and you're good, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so I had stayed away from it, and I was doing individual trainings. Yeah. One on one stuff. And that's super rewarding. I took this one kid who, if you just told him to run, you'd be like, this kid cannot do anything. <laughs> and now he's doing, actually, let me send you videos of him from the first time I had him to yeah. now. Miles, um, miles, miles better. Dude, incredible. But it's so rewarding, right? That's the thing. And when you've got, so I coached high school when we were in college, when I was a senior. I was coaching that private school called um, Fredericksburg Academy. And that was nice because the head coach knows soccer. But it's one of those things where you end up – you're in a small private school and the graduating class is – 60 people, so 30 boys, 30 girls, and you've got 25 boys on the roster. You've got the entire school on your team, and the coach is just a guy that used to play. And then you bring in somebody who was coached by dudes that played pro in Argentina and Holland and all these other places. And so he let me kind of do a lot of the tactic stuff. Yeah. And that was really rewarding because we went unbeaten that season. And I don't think until state quarters, and then we lost to a team that was bonkers. Now, uh, better than your bonkers good. Oh, insane good. Like, I, these kids are probably going to go to some college or professional league once they're done here. College for sure, 100%. These kids were – I remember I had set us up in a way to play – I'm trying to find these videos. I had set us up in a way to play where – we weren't necessarily open, but it played to a lot of our players' strengths. Mm -hmm. um, and this team just moved the ball better than so many teams that I had seen, even club teams that we played against. Mm -hmm. All yeah. right, so this, this one I'm sending you now is him a little more than a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to send you one from him, like, last week. You said this is the most recent one? The one I just sent you is from... Oh, he's uh, a youngin! He's yeah, a yeah. youngin! 
The one I sent you, the first one, is a year yeah. ago. The next one, last week. Same drill? Diff- slightly different, but you can tell the difference. <sighs> Shout out Young Dino. <laughs> that song? Yeah. So much smoother, so much more comfortable. Both you can feet. tell he's practiced one of the, some of the some of the behind kicks. He rolled back in behind. You can tell mm-hmm. he's practiced, he practiced that. Yeah, with me, but also on his own. But it's showing. Saying, but the improvement is just. It's hard to t- it's hard to show in a fifteen second video. But, it's trading highlights. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> What's funny? But, so. I'm going to cut you off, but there's a story I have of, I just, so I, I coach, you know what Shark Tank is, right? Like the show? Yeah. Yeah. So in our school systems here in Culpeper, we have this program called E-Squared, called Entrepreneur Energy. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it is Shark Tanks, Shark Tank, but for like teams of high schoolers. And within the spring semester, their goal is to basically come up with a business idea and create an entire business plan from A to Z. Um and then present it to venture capital, excuse me, venture capitalists or judges in the program. Um, we just had preliminaries yesterday, Friday. My team didn't make it through, unfortunately. Um, but then you go through preliminaries and you go to finals and then the winning team gets $10,000 scholarships for each person going to school. Um, but my team's idea um, was basically like a secondhand sporting equipment shop specifically for low-income families as their target market. But in, in addition to the equipment they also provide lessons like one-on-one lessons for for folks at a cheaper rate than most private instructors would do um, and they're all done by folks who play the sport either at high school college or coaches who are interested in just giving back to some of the people there um, and that specifically of working with someone one-on-one one of the big benefits and the reason why they created it was the benefit of sports in youth and in kids lives uh, it keeps them committed and dedicated to something, especially if they love it and they want to get better at it. It it gives them such a, a you know a level of such focus that you don't usually get from anything outside of that at that age, right? Like that really gives you something to you've got I've got school, I've got my chores, and I've got my I've got my sport, and those are like the three main pillars of kids' lives. And there's no space for anything that might get them in trouble. Um, or get them in drama with other students. It's just, I'm trying to get better at the sport. And seeing a young kid like that go from where he was when he first met you, you having the ability to pour your knowledge and skills into him and him improving is like, it's just in context of my own mind of like, this is what I just, you know, I just went through this yesterday. And now seeing the product of it is like, yeah, we should have made it to finals, but I, you know. That's well, the even, reason, yeah. even the first video I sent you, it, I, I'd already had him for six months. So that was six months of improvement already. We so he really we he wouldn't be able to do yeah. it first time. No, yeah, not even a little bit. That is so not cool, even a little bro. bit. Um, yeah, but coaching. So I'm coaching now, and I got it was an invitation. Teammate of mine was like, "Hey, do you want to coach?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so like, now right, that you've fine. done it, now that you've done it, are you you plan to continue doing it? Because I feel like so it's almost like. You know, everyone says the first day is always the hardest day. The first thing you, first time you do something is always the hardest. But once I you mean, get used to it, you kind of don't stop. Is coaching something you see yourself doing it a bunch of different iterations in the future? Yeah, people tell me he's like you're just gonna end up coaching because that your your IQ is high enough and you know how to communicate and kids respect you. 
So you're just going to end up doing it. It's like, I know, but relax. And I'll, you'll get there. Don't try yeah, to I'll get, So I've got 06s right now. Um, and some of them are don't like listening. Yeah. But also the first time that I had them and they didn't listen. And I learned this from coaching at the high school. Instead of making them run laps as punishment, you're running wind sprints because you can fuck around with laps. You can go slow and you can do this. Yeah. Punishment, if you come last, you're running again until the whole team is done. Oh, so it almost turns into a competition. Yeah, don't come last. And so the last person, so how does it work? So I do it in groups of three. So first three are done. If you come in one, two, or three, the first sprint, you're done. You don't have to run anymore. Okay. Come in next sprint. You come in one, two, or three, you're done. You don't have to run anymore until there's three left. So don't fuck around in the sprints, bro. You better. <laughs> you better be. If you're not fast, you better get quick. Because or just wait till it wanes out and you're the fastest of your bunch. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even be mad if a kid did that. If a kid knew that he wasn't gonna win against the the ones who were super fast. I really wouldn't even be mad if he did that because that shows me that he's thinking. He's strategizing. How do yeah. I get in a way that I know I can? He's playing to his own strength. Yeah, and I'm going to yell at him in front of the whole team, and then afterwards I'm going to be like, I don't mind that you did that because yeah. I can't have the example be set of everyone just goes really slow because that yeah. undermines the point of the thing. But yeah. afterwards I'm going to be like, okay, fair enough. I don't mind that you did that. Hide it better next time. <laughs> Don't let your don't let your coach notice. Your teammates may you know you might fool your teammates over and over and over. But I do you know you it's like, doing it I will years. as long as as long as your teammates don't notice. I told them that the second day I was there. As soon as I turn around, I know that they're if they're doing fitness and they're doing planks. As soon as I turn around, I know they're not doing the plank anymore. I'm, yeah. It's like, do you guys think I was born yesterday, <laughs> guys? Come on. <laughs> like no, they're young we, kids too. You said they're six years old. No, they're oh sixes. They're sixteen, sixteen or okay. seventeen. Yeah, they're definitely at that age. They're like, I ain't doing this. You yeah. might have even like the, the too cool for for those hard workout kids too. Yeah, There's so a lot like of them that. are good. A lot of them are good, and and it's it's good. I think I don't want to take a team if because the guy I coach with, a guy named Kevin. We were talking if we we're going to take another team, we'd want to take a team at 10 or 11 years old and turn yeah. them into coach them how we want to coach them. Because the problem that you get with some of these kids is if you've been the best team or the best player in a team that's not very good, you don't have to play defense. And so when you get up to a level where you have to press as a team, because we want to shape these shape these players where that we can send them places, send them to college, send them to wherever. Yeah. And if you're at a point where right now we've got maybe three that, that could play at a D3 school. Mm-hmm. Like our players aren't going anywhere. It's, it's fine. They don't have to. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But so there's a certain level of how much better do, do they want to get and it sucks because some of them really want to get better. And then they have teammates that fuck it up for them. Mm, yeah, so, it's a team sport. Still a team sport. Yep. So when we do in passing drills, there's these drills that are the equivalent to basketball would probably be 
layup lines essentially, but making sure your layup lines are sharp, yeah. not in terms of a fundamental like three man weave, probably something like that, where yeah. it's very easy to get complacent, like you said, and just fuck around and whatever. Do some fancy and, finish, yeah, and miss it. Yeah, we do these a lot, and they don't do them right a lot mm-hmm. because. So because they they think that they think that they don't have to not understanding by the way that these are the same drills that pro teams do all the time pro teams still do those drills that's what they do they just yeah. do them way better than you yeah so like we can do this all day yeah until you guys stop fucking it up and yeah. i had a group of and i did the same thing so like, okay you've done it right three three times around you can go off and scrimmage with the rest of your team yeah. i've still got six of you left i will stand here and watch this ball go around this square for mm. an hour i don't care i get paid either way uh... <laughs> i'm like it's up to you guys and you would and the thing is when you ask them you say hey do you think this is going well and they're all like no they can clearly see that they're not giving. They know. Yet. They know, right? So it's not just me being a dick. They know they're not. They're no. They know that they're fucking around, or they know that they're not performing up to yeah. what they think. And so when they say themselves that they're not doing it, then instead of me being mean, Coach Eric, it's I'm trying to help them better, help them get better, which is true. I'm not just trying to do it to be a dick. I'm trying to do it so they understand what the point of the drill is. Like this should be a 10 minute drill, guys. This is an this is a warm up almost. Like yeah. activation is what it's called. We're still here. It's been an hour into practice. You guys want to scrimmage? Damn. You guys want to scrimmage? You, how do you try to motivate them at that point then? Well, they're not going to get to scrimmage. And you just have to take stuff away from them. or at least for the that practice. They just can't can't partake in the rest of the activity. Yeah, how we structure the practice is we like section off time. So it's 12 minutes for warm up, 10, 12 minutes for technical, um, about 20 minutes for some sort of tactical, and then play at the end, something like that. Yeah. Like the longer it takes you to do this shit, the less time yeah. you have to play at the end. Yeah. So it's on you. You get through it. We're like, we'll. St- We'll do this drill for three minutes. Clock stops every time the ball goes out of play. So they know up front what it is. Yeah. Hmm. And then if they want to go shoot in between drills and a ball goes over the fence and they got to go get it. That's time. That's getting. Yeah. Yeah. And they know. And they know we made the expectations up front. So it's good. It's gotten better. It was a pain in the beginning. Um, because you have to show them that you're serious about it. Yeah. And they get to the 30 minutes left in practice, and we're on only, like, the third thing that we wanted to do. And they're like, can we scrimmage now? No. no. You know you know the process. You know that. No, you can't. Yeah. I want to uh, – I'll tell you this off. I'll tell you this next thing offline. I'll tell you later. But anyways, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. And I like it, but I want to take – I want to sculpt a team to do – to be able to play how you want to play because there's a certain way of progression. Like with this, yeah. like the kid that I showed you, mm-hmm. if you turn a, a team of him, I can take, I can take 15 of him before mm-hmm. not being able to run it all. If he wants to learn and he's got some athletic aptitude, I can turn them all into that and we can start playing. We can start knocking the ball around by the time they're 13, 14, they're pinging the ball around 
going to showcases and colleges are coming to start looking by the time they're 15, 16, 17, looking at all district, all conference in high school, right? Going off, getting opportunities places, but it has to start. So to go back to my own journey, I'm 27. It's kind of, nobody cares about me anymore. Really? That's not entirely true. There's some lower division teams that would, that would care, but any progression they're looking at, Kids, how can we develop the kid? How has the how has the kid been coached? Because you look at somebody like Kevin Paredes comes through DC United Academy, moves to Germany for seven million seven million dollars. How so old is he? He or is like he's nineteen, I think, or twenty. So the German club pays DC United seven million dollars, and they're like, "Yep, yeah, here you go." Because he's already basically he's he's been coached he's in he's in shape he's young enough to where their right. investment it's a fi- it's a financial thing yeah that's what it is because at the end of the day there's a front office that has to consider the business side of the age of each of these things which is mm-hmm. at the end of the day a business um yeah. it's a lot different than basketball it's a lot way? different than basketball in, in terms way? of like when you make trades mm-hmm. in the nba you trade player for player or draft pick for player mm-hmm. in soccer you're paying money for the player. That's it. So you can do whatever you want with the money. You can invest in a new stadium. You can invest in new whatever. So they're almost buying them like products rather than like trading them, trading them yep. in a sense. But you can also do the same. Isn't that the same thing how NBA teams work when you trade for a player? Don't you then assume the contract that they were getting paid? Sure. But instead of say, let's say – they trade a player A for player B and the contract switched. Yeah. In soccer, it would be, no I give you, in soccer, it would be, I give you $7 million for player A and his contract. Basically buying him out of his contract almost. You're and paying then, the club. You're buying the player from the club. So then does a player get paid anything? Or he gets a salary from the new club, right? Yeah. So they So they renegotiate the contract with the new club. And that's their that's their set. They really negotiate the salary, but it's not like they're getting paid this four point five million. It's for basically this. it's basically you're paying the club so you can negotiate a contract with the player. Hmm. Hmm. And that's universal for most mm-hmm. professional and uh, all of soccer. Interesting. All of soccer. So it's a lot Why different. So if you have a really good youth system and you're developing players. You get more money because you're constantly getting. You're printing. Money you're printing play. money. So Dortmund, the team that I like, we bought yeah. Jaden Sancho for, I think seventeen million or seven million or something like that. We sold him for ninety-five million. To where? Manchester United. Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> right, but we bought him from Manchester City, where he was getting no playing time. We bought him when he was 17, 17 years old. He plays three years at Dortmund. We sell him when he's twenty. 95. Eighty million profit. Usmane mm. Dembele, we buy him from a team in France for 17 mil. We sell him to Barca for 100 mil. Mm. If you can develop players, you're printing money. And that's almost really where the, the, the money's at because development of good players is more important than the product. Well, I wouldn't say the, produce, you know, the production of that said player, but if you produce 10 good players, but then each team that they go to only utilizes them in a manner that they get to decide, mm-hmm. there's no guarantee that the team is set up you know, they're not utilizing the people correctly, right? So there's sure. no – for them, it's a gamble. But for the producers of these of the talented players, it's like we're do, we're holding up our end of the bargain. We're getting these players ready to come compete for you guys. 
It's yeah. a matter of how you use Whether them. it's the first team. So the first team being – so in when you played for a youth team in Europe, you're playing for the U12 team of that club, that professional yeah. club, and that's it. There's so many clubs with senior teams that that's just how it goes. Yeah. So the development – there are certain clubs that have really good youth development systems, Ajax, mm-hmm. Dortmund, um, PSV – city there's a there's a bunch that are known for just producing top top quality talent mm. some of them like ix for instance are in holland you, nobody knows about them if you're not really paying attention people paying attention to real madrid barcelona but if you went down the list of ix players that are playing places hakim ziyech is playing at chelsea frankie de Jong is playing at barcelona delict is playing at bayern munich like they're they develop these players and they send them out to whoever. Go compete. They buy them. Yeah. And then, be, then they become world, world stars, basically. So is the development of players a future option for you? Would that be something more? Fruitful? Well, that's that's the point. That's what I'm saying. So the development of once once you become known as somebody in the area where you can develop players then the word of mouth starts to go and not just for, not just for you making money off the player because you don't, unless you're an agent, you don't really do that. But what yeah. starts to happen is, Oh, that guy trained these five players and they're now all over somewhere else. Yeah. I'm going to send my kid to him. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? You can build so, a brand out of that. And that, and ended up being like the main thing you're like, there's no need to work because my work is to produce these kids. Exactly. So if you have a team, basically if you have a team that you take from 10 and you turn this team into a bunch of ballers and that team goes places, then you have players wanting to come play for your team because mm. they know that your team is one of the best ones in the area. They know that you've got connections to so-and-so. They know that – and this is long-term, right? Like I don't even have this team yet. I've coached for one for one year. But, but what I'm saying is in terms of – People ask me, "What do you what do you want to do in the game next?" And that's kind of where it's at. It's going to be coaching, but it's yeah. it's it's got to be in a way that I don't want to babysit. That's not that's boring. That's kind of where I'm at. It's also a waste of what I'm good at. Yeah, that would be a waste of my time to do that. When somebody else could do that, I could have my dad do that. My dad was a great <laughs> youth coach. Yeah, because he was great with the kids. Doesn't know yeah. shit about soccer. He doesn't. He he didn't realize that. He didn't realize that until after I started training with all these dudes. It was really funny. He'd be like, "All right, point your toe." It's like, no, you tell people that to lock your ankle. You can still point your toe and have your ankle be like flopping around. He was yeah. like, "Well, that's that's not." The... It's like, no, you're wrong. Stop. Uh, I had this conversation. You, you can with tell him. him. You can tell him. You can handle yeah. him. But what yeah. you're telling him? Let me say. Yeah, well, because he was telling my little brother that. And I was like, no, don't listen to dad. <laughs> I'm sure that was oh, a fun car ride home for him. Gosh. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where that's why it's that's why soccer is a bit different. And that's why you see these British coaches come over here and get paid a boatloads of money by these local clubs because they have a connection to some team over in Scotland or whatever it is. So 
yeah, it's different. Like it's different than the AAU system. It's different than all the other ones. There was a situation. Actually, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you. Not here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. It's really really cool because the scouting of all these teams is extensive, and a lot of players, a lot of players, go slip through the cracks for sure, just by law of numbers. Than every sport. But the ones that they find. You're like, where did you find that guy? Oh, he was playing pickup on some some shitty dirt field in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Or was, where did you where did you find that guy? Oh, he was in he was in Ivory Coast. Yep. And you, what team me. what team was he on? Uh he well, he was playing with a bunch of trash bags balled up and the goal didn't have a net. And, and then he and then he became back. who? Drogba, yep. you said? It's like yep. Where do you find these people? Yep. So they're really good at what they do. So that's cool. And and the amount of opportunities that you can give kids from who don't have anything also. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I've been rambling, but that's a generational change though. And again, these are those are conversations I naturally gravitate towards because oh, we get to that age of like I was just I, I was talking with one of the folks who had come in the office not too long ago about the desire of looking at a job simply based on the salary or the money you'll make. And it's like, dude, you can't take any, you can make millions and millions of dollars. You can't take what you need to serve. Right. And if, if when the time comes and, and it's time for you to, you know, punch your card, no one's going to remember how much money you made and no one's going to be so impressed on how many items or, you know, material things you own. If you didn't do anything to help anybody, no one's going to remember it for that manner. And so, sure. There's always an opportunity to make money in helping people, but it's you, you. You don't go into it for the sake of making money. You produce. You either you help so many people that someone was like, maybe we should give this guy some money because he's done all of this. That's usually where it comes from. Well, it's become it's because you become very good at that thing. You can yeah. want to help people all you want, but if you are bad at it, know, like if you're fucking Dwight in the office and you want to help people, and it's just like it doesn't. It's not really working itself out. Like you're not yeah. gonna get paid. You gotta be really good at what you're doing. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing. You have to build a skill set that is. This is supply and demand. Literally, is everything. If you're the only person in the world that can do a thing, you're going to get paid for it. You're going to get paid for it for sure. You might get paid more or less than somebody else, depending on what that skill set is. Yeah, but if you are the best at what you're doing in an area, you get compensated. It's just like that's just what it is. It happens in happens in normal jobs. Happens in coaching. Happens in literally any like anything, anything yeah. that you are good at. Like, who do you go to if you're a barber? Shit, you're not gonna go back to the barber. I was literally just about to say barber. Yeah. That's why good barbers end up having wait lists or you know they're booked up for the day because they got yeah because they're they're, they're fucking you. good. They're fucking good at what they do. Yep, it's and like it's that with everything. Holiday. Mm-hmm. Day before holiday, so. That should tell what, you how busy. What restaurant do you go to? The one that's like, oh, okay, or you go to the one that makes good food? Yeah, that's fire. Yeah, everything is like that, and yeah. you can. And people should apply it to themselves. Like, what am I good at? Yeah, and do it. Like what? And then obviously you can have hobbies as well. Obviously, you should have hobbies to balance out your life. I saw this reel the other day. I was like, ah, I thought my goal was to wake up and be happy and healthy, but then I found capitalism, and now my only goal is to prove myself to other people, and I have no life. And it's like, you should prove you should. It's like you should prove yourself to yourself and be good at a thing, and then you get paid for it. This is not 
This is not actually I'm gonna go pull it up because it should piss me off. I saw it on somebody's <laughs> story and I was like, oh my <laughs> god. I wouldn't have you see it. memes like that, that that like trigger you. You're like, what what this doesn't make any sense. Or no, it makes no sense. Things. I Let's was see. To, uh this podcast the other day about this new diet called high meat diet. You ever heard of a high meat diet? Like carnivore? Essentially, or this guy yeah. uh this guy named called the Liver King. You ever heard of Liver King? He's a fraud. I don't know anything about him, but they were talking about him on this podcast and how like they're eating like fermented meat and like people who are trying to pick up this fad of high meat are just like putting meat in a rot in a bag and sealing it up for like a year and just eating rotten meat because this dude told them you're you eat this and you'll feel your mind will be enlightened and you'll feel incredible. And it's like that does that doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. No. The other thing with that is people are gonna people start to say, say shit and you got to have a knowledge base, especially with chat GPT and stuff. Yeah. You can just spit some shit like figuring out what's real. I just sent it to you, by the way, the real um, people are going to start to just say things and you got to be able to sort out what is, what is good and what's not. Oh, gosh. The thumbnail already has me. Uh, oh, I know the little stars and all. This yeah. Stuff. I don't even want to finish that. I'm going to finish that. I'm going to finish that later. Content creators are interesting people. They are. Very interesting folks. Because you, the, the people, I feel like some people get into it for the wrong reason, right? Like your goal is to have good people on your podcast to talk about interesting topics. And some yeah. folks. I'm shit at making money on this. And these are the, and sometimes the people who are bad at it make the most because they either say outrageous things or they're hopping on every single trend, whether it be a filter or music, whatever it might be. Um, and they just try and like, they're always chasing whatever the next target is in terms of what could make them big. And a video like that seems to be that kind of thing because it's, you choose to see it through that lens or you're, you're creating a narrative around what you think the market economy and, and, and yeah. the state looks like. The other um, thing is pretty funny though. What is? That real, it's kind of funny. At the end of it? No, just the whole thing, just generally. It's like this is this would be funny if people didn't actually think this. Yeah, yeah. I'll listen to it. I'll listen to it here once you fin- once you finish up and actually be able to like pick apart what he yeah. said. Speaking of outrageous things, Andrew Tate's not in jail anymore. How did he get out? I don't know. I just <laughs> saw he got out. I don't actually know anything. Top G is going back to his Bugatti. Oh, my top G. Bro, I listen, I listen to like a three or four part podcast, like hour long episodes on who Andrew Tate was. And I finished it up and I was like, how? How, how to the, which part? Huh? How to which, how to what? Like, how do, how does someone who is like this inflammatory? It's really a charismatic. It's the it's the charisma of people sometimes that 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 amplifies them, mm-hmm. right? Because you can even you could be saying a bunch of trash like he is, and and uh, you know, a lot of derogatory things toward literally every other person on the planet. Even his brother, he treats his brother like crap. Um, but if you say it in a way that you say it in a way with such emotion or passion behind it, people are like, "Man, this guy's onto something." No, he's not. He just crafted this narrative that exists in his mind. 
and said it in a manner that you are now buying and believing what he says. It's still a load of crap, but now you believe this load of crap. Yeah. And it's the fact that, like, I, the most the podcast focused on, like, how younger kids are really his biggest audience of, like, adolescents or high schoolers or just preteen folks, and usually his boys. And it's like, ah, you're shaping the minds of people in a way that's leading them, that's not going to lead them right. Let me yeah. let me throw something at you just to see what your thoughts on it are. Mm-hmm. I listened to three of his full interviews. No, four. Because I was curious. Yeah. One conducted by just a woman, one mm-hmm. conducted by a man and a woman, mm-hmm. and one, two conducted by men. Yeah. For sure is inflammatory. For sure package messaging better yeah there's also and i also watched part of the one with dave portnoy and the the two girls that always interview people with him and that one was the worst of the five of them in terms Mm -hmm. of conflict and in that one he's saying things to make a point to make a point that it's like you don't have to say it that way but they're nitpicking at his delivery delivery it's like you know the point he's trying to make he he made the point in that way because he's trying to piss you guys off and he just succeeded yeah now in terms of so that so there's that also if you have the ability to say okay what is he trying to say take little things out this is it's called um zach the friend i mentioned earlier he calls it the grocery store method you take stuff out that you want and you leave the other stuff on the shelf um for people our age who have some sort of semblance of sort of uh we're not idiots i guess so <laughs> somebody's gonna get me in trouble i'm, I'm gonna like get common, myself in trouble at some point. yeah common sense we'll go with that he has a place, I think, in the public space that isn't entirely negative. To your point about younger kids, when you put something out on the internet, you don't really control who watches it. Exactly. So who's so should he package things better? Sure. There's also plenty of people. So are we going to say that all the CNN people or all the Fox News people are bad because they're only talking to old white people? About... No. So... And and they're saying things to rile them up who have money and the ability to do something about it. Yeah, and want to do something about it. And want to do something about it. You could say... Somebody might say that Fox News caused January 6th. I, I just made that up. I don't know. But... Have you been following their court hearings? No, I stopped paying attention. But anyways, let me finish real quick. So, And I I don't think you you weren't saying that he should be banned off whatever he is doing or if he if he did the things that they said he did, he should for sure be arrested. But for him to be banned off the social media platforms, etc., I don't think like to me, he's no worse than you know who Hassan Piker is? 
to me, to me, face again. To me, he's no worse than that, just in the other direction. In like good or bad. In terms of you know, say he, they're saying inflammatory things. Hassan does all the same things, just in the other direction. It's like, oh, the government's out to get you. And what's actually funny is they're saying a lot of a lot of the same things. Like, oh, government's out to get you. We need like systems corrupt, blah blah blah. They just have different ways of sorting through what to do about it. And Hassan will sit there and be like, government should provide everyone free health care and do this with wealth redistribution. And then he's sitting in his mansion in LA because he's making a gazillion dollars off Twitch. You're like, dude. Oh, no, he's part of the Young Turks. Okay. Yeah. So to me, they're the same, just in the opposite direction in terms of like, you can pick and choose what you hear from him, but they say things that are equally as, depending on how you look at it. Maybe I shouldn't say equally. They say, they both say, to me, he's no different than any of any of these people really. And there's nuance to it. And this is this is why first one most I, I disagree with the idea that you can sue because like you said, once you put something into the internet, it's out there. How do you access the internet? Usually Phone, through internet usually yeah, through, whatever. through private companies. Private companies that have created a product or service that is ability that people have the ability to utilize. Within that, they have their own terms and conditions of how, if you're going to access and utilize our product or service, there are terms and conditions in which you must follow to continue to use it. And he's one of those folks where some of the stuff that if it goes against their their terms and condition guidelines, I always, I've always found that they have the right to then decide what they want to do with them, right? We can't get upset that, uh, like what, what um, Trump did with his own social media, create your own if the other platforms are taking you off it. Now, the level of success come, you can't control that, but you can control the idea that you want to create. Um, and so I've seen a lot of folks saying that, oh, social media companies should be able to censor content or, you know, decide who gets to say what. And I'm like, it's a private company. Well, um, they're not, though. The companies are not. That's that's the thing. So, yes, I agree with you. However, for COVID and Twitter and stuff, when the FBI is saying, hey, we need you to ban this person, like that's where it's like, okay, we're not, this is not yeah. good anymore. We're not doing yeah. this anymore. The other, the flip side to that is, or not flip side, another angle to that is when this come, when these companies become so big, they've essentially got monopolies on the space. Yeah. They're the marketplace. They are exactly. So as a private company, somebody should be able to deny service to somebody, et cetera. I don't disagree at all. I'm not even saying the people that say that he should be banned for saying stuff I disagree with. And I think the discussion on whether or not a company has the right to is a different discussion. There was a conversation in the intern of my, my office actually schooled me on was between if YouTube is a publisher or a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and I forget. I don't know what their I don't know what their thing is now. Because under Section two thirty, Section two thirty. Well, that's the th- that's 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 what the government, what Congress threatens these social media companies with when they go in front of Congress to testify. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if you don't do what we want, you'll t- we'll take away your Section two thirty status. 
What is Section 230? Because I'm seeing it in it. It's a... it like it gives them exemption from you can't sue the the company somebody. This is not entirely accurate. I'm sure there's a nuance, but my understanding is it allows it gives the company's liability from people like an Andrew Tate or somebody from you. They say something that's crazy. Nobody can sue Facebook because somebody said something on that platform. They're not liable for what their users say on their own platform. Right. So they have this double jeopardy where they can say, oh, we're a private company, so we can ban you. But also, we're not liable for anything that you say on the platform. And that, for me, is where things start to get weird. And How would playing... you solve that if you could? I'm going to cut you off. Because I'm thinking, I would say it makes sense. Um, but also kind of the argument that people are saying is you don't want them to have both. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. Mm-hmm. Right, you can't be non not responsible for anything on your platform, but then also responsible when you want to be and choose who you who you decide. Exactly, to take on. exactly, right. exactly. So, I think it needs to be then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Section Two Thirty is not going away. There's too much money in Congress from Facebook, from Google, oh, yeah. from these other places. It's never going away. Oh, yeah. Have you been paying attention to the Twitter files? No. Isn't that what, what Elon released when he got? Yeah. About the company. So nah. all that did was prove. Remember how everyone was like, "Oh, shadow banning," and then Jack Dorsey in front of Congress was like, "Shadow banning isn't real." Yeah. Well, it is. So he lied under oath, which is great. It's what it's. I mean, everyone, a lot of people do. <laughs> a lot. Of right. People do. All right. Which is another. Is, that's a, that's another rabbit hole we can go down of horrible things that are happening. But essentially, you might, what you, you might like the podcast. Listen to. I don't. I mean, to cut you off. But it's called no, Behind the Back, and. The, the title goes of we they, they they basically do podcast episodes on people who are like just not good people they had a five part one on the illuminati and i sat there for all five and, a half, five and a half hours it's fascinating to know completely side tangent i'll let you get back to what you're saying but it was fascinating to see like it was created to be what we think it is today this literal secret puppet master organ it was created to be that it never really was that. No, it's impossible. Certain... Yeah, people are people are too fucked up to control the entire world in that way. But they created it hoping that people would believe that, and so they kept pushing it and no, attached dude. themselves to, you know, one one crazy event or one uh, crazy time period. Generations later, people hear that it's accredited accredited to that, and it just kind of goes on. It's like folklore. Or an yeah. urban legend. It just exists as such. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, man. Um, the Twitter files though, what they did essentially what they said was the FBI was telling Twitter to ban certain people that went against what the government was saying at the time. And they were like, Okay. We'll do it. So it wasn't initially people thought it was just these companies had a, a bias one way or the other, and it wasn't that. It was the government was involved. They had weekly meetings with NSA and FBI and all these other people saying like Hunter Biden laptop story. They went to they went there to Twitter, hey, a story's coming. It looks like Russian disinformation. Censor it. It's not real. Well, it was real. So question then, because I'm, I'm, I don't have any empirical data or any, uh, you know, story to tell, but I, I feel almost confident to say that the government has done that 
to individual people at news agencies or individual people just for who they are um and our throughout all of our history oh probably 100 because the nature of what social media is where any individual person can now be a liability for the government yeah it's a problem for them it's an issue and that's it's and it's in there and from their perspective it's like holy crap you just gave joe schmo from you know the the back room of kentucky who now has a million people platform and he's threatening to share secrets about our government they're not you know not the washington post they're not the new york times they're not the chief editor at any of those locations this is just some guy we you know granted they could just go to the guy in person um but instead they go to the outlet of where it's kind of like if, if you go to the outlet of like the Washington Post and New York Times and tell them don't run a story because the story is going to be damaging to the country. Arguably whether or not that's a violation of the First Amendment rights, but um, is, I guarantee something like that has happened before to individual people. Oh, for sure. How did like the Bob Lazar story about Area 51? Is it he had seen Area 51? Yeah, he was a scientist that worked there. And he exactly. came out and started to say, like, hey, there's some wacky shit going on here. And they erased, basically erased him. So there's no record of him at MIT or where he worked before he's gone from the grid. And then he went on Rogan, so he's back. But <laughs> that's the first place he goes. No, 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 no. That happened in 89. He was on he was on Rogan in like five years ago or something, four years ago. No, 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 no. The Rogan was not the first place he went. That geeks. That would have been an amazing comeback. Just Joe Rogan's podcast. No, no, no. He's is way back, and I think that all that stuff happened in like the late eighties. Gotcha. Uh, for him, but yeah, they've done for sure. They've done it before. Oh, I was gonna say. Oh, in terms of the First Amendment, though, this is my thing with First Amendment, right? You should. In my opinion, you should stay as far away as possible, like push the boundaries to this is allowed to be said because when people start to define what it is, eventually somebody's going to pop up who's who you don't want to define what it is. Right. Right now, yeah, we should uh, vaccine. Everyone should take the vaccines because if you don't, people will die. And everyone's like, yeah, that's probably a good thing. We should get rid of it. Okay. Well, then what happens when it swings the other way and now you're mad that you can't say the thing because somebody else is defining it because somebody has to define define what it is people say oh that's hate speech it's like what is hate speech yeah. something hate speech to you might not be hate speech to me might not be hate speech to the next person if you say something in a room of 10 people maybe nobody's offended but if you then say it in a room of a thousand people somebody's probably going to be offended Ten thousand people for sure somebody's going to be offended the internet Somebody's yeah. going to be offended. Yeah. So where do you draw the line? And somebody has to draw a line somewhere. And so at some point, you're going to have people drawing the line who you don't want them to be the ones drawing the line because bad things, bad people. So that's Tate, Trump, all these people. Let them say it. Because well, also the other thing is when they say it, you know they're saying some crazy shit. And so you can say, hey, look, guys, they're still saying crazy shit instead of getting banning them off platforms. And then they go underground and they fester and then Trump pops out in a rally with 50,000 MAGA people. And you're like, where the hell did that come from? We haven't seen him in six months because he was banned. Like, well, so that, they, they that were on secret question. Facebook groups all being angry at the world instead of 
tweeting their angriness so everybody could see it. And then you could be like, you guys are fucking dumb. And here's why. Your question then is what happens when people act on stuff that you say online? And I think that's where you get into the nuance of you have the freedom to, you have the freedom of speech, you have the freedom to say what you want. But if what you say triggers something else to someone and granted the, 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 the liability is arguably or not on the person who says it because they didn't make the action. Um, sure. But I'm not a, I'm not a, a constitutional lawyer, but I'm sure there's Me some neither. study of what happens when you say something under protected free speech and someone then gets harmed, hurt, or killed. I think Who's you, would, you would take that on case by case basis. No, you'd have at, at at some point. At some point, it's obvious that this thing that was said wasn't that, and at some point, it was that. Yeah. Right, and so you're looking at a very, 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 very small subset of instances, and then it's about proving intent, which is super hard to prove anyway. So you got to take that by a case by case basis because I don't think like you listen to some comedians' podcasts and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill that other comedian." It's a joke. It's very clearly a joke. You're gonna clip that, and if somebody kills that guy, that comedian, are you gonna are you gonna be like you you're gonna be in jail because you said this on this podcast? Yeah, you're not murdered. Did you cause that murder because of this? No, he was getting robbed, and someone shot him in this. You know, kind of case by case context. Right. Yeah, you're right. I would say on that on that front, then because comics say some fucked up shit. Yeah, but I mean that's almost like that's part of the course in comedy, which almost every comedian will tell you that, Mm -hmm. and so. Do you refute the people whose job it is to do this, or do you listen to the folks who think how? But when you but when you take what they said with a certain tone of voice and an inflection and a context of the room, and you print it, it's like, man, I want to fuck. It's like, man, I can't believe that guy beat me in basketball. I'm gonna fucking kill that guy. And And then you and then you put it in the print. It's I'm going to fucking kill that guy. It's like, ah, you're a psychopath. It's like, actually, were you in the room? No. It's a narrative. They've created a narrative about a situation. So you gotta take it. You gotta take it case by case. You can't make blanket rules for that sort of stuff because people are people are people. That's why some of those back when everyone was super mad about Trump, like 2016, 2017, people were saying he was dog whistling, dog whistling. I was like, guys, people like, at what point are you going to say people are free, have free will and they can do what they want? Okay. Some guy said a thing that doesn't mean that now they've been programmed to do a horrible thing to somebody else. Also, like when are you going to hold the, person responsible for the action responsible unless it's a hey jason i want you to do this bad thing like the explicit like somebody says oh i really wish that something happened right and then you say oh i really wish something happened versus just just like musing and throwing stuff out there those are those are also not the same even though the words are the same but adding the is not the same as just, oh, you know, maybe. Yeah. Those are not the same, and you could use the exact same words. So. I would say I don't, this is just from the nature of humans, is I'm not always sure that people are, critical thinking is a skill that not everyone mm-hmm. has, and to be able to discern what you're listening, um, 
and decide whether it is something that you want to kind of stake truth in and believe it as such. Um, I we've been, we've seen it in in our society, and not everyone has it. Um, and so you and I might be able to hear something said or read something that's written and say this guy's completely lying, or they're you know kind of the grocery method of I'm I'm seeing what he's saying, but I'm not going to follow and say do what he actually does. Some folks might just be like, I'm buying the whole store and everything he's saying, I'm taking his absolute truth. I'm saying he, but as if it's a person, but anything that this person is saying, we know who you meant. Shut they up. take it. They take it as like absolute truth. And it's like, and I think that's where the, that's where some of the frustration is between discourse, both sure. politically, culturally, whatever it might be is like, people are, uh, people are seeing as if they're thinking as if there's not uh, an and or, or an and rather than just being or like mm -hmm. either you believe him fully or you don't believe him at all or you believe this this movement or you don't agree with this movement at all as if like you can't have specific pieces of it to say i agree with it i don't like the way you're doing it or i don't like what your goal is but yep. how you're doing it i'm comfortable or you know whatever the case might be um we just live in a country with you know upward of 300 million people you just not everyone sees sees it that way not everyone has the mental aptitude to see it that way um yeah. Which, so whose so whose responsibility is that? As no, well, the thing is, is nobody. So are you going to dumb everything down to the lowest rung? I think we have. I think we have in certain in certain aspects or certain. I I agree. Like then some of the stuff that's not a recipe for success and progress. You can't because these problems are so complex. Let's let's take uh any any issue, any hot button topic. Over the last political cycle, we'll say healthcare. Already, just off a quick examination. Okay, our healthcare costs are super high. Maybe insurance doesn't need to be charging what it is, and the big pharmacy companies don't need to be charging what it is. Okay, sounds good. Our quality is probably the highest in the world. Okay, so that's a trade off. So, what do we want? Do we want to pay less or we want more access, less like where even that just goes. And then you say, okay, how much is big pharma lobbying in Congress? Why are their prices high? And then, but then you go down and these issues are so complex. So then when you say we should just give everyone healthcare. You don't make the budget for it. And yeah. So what, uh, what are you going to sacrifice? What, what things, what things need to move to make that happen? Yeah. Are you going to continue to have, I think, and I heard on uh, a guy named Peter Atia was saying that it's illegal in Ontario to have private practices that people can just pay out of pocket for doctors. They have to go through the government. So you can't just have some specialist that set up his own thing and you can't just go there. It's illegal. But they, but everyone there has free healthcare, and so they've had to set it up in a manner of which this, if you want to do this, this is how you do it because it's in the construct of what we've created it. Right. Um, so is that good? Do you not want to have, be able to have some guy who's really good at a certain thing not be allowed to open his own thing? Why? And that then becomes a trade off of do do the people of the country want are willing to make that trade off? Sure. But what I'm saying to you is these issues that exist should more people have access to healthcare yeah okay how do we do that yeah it's so complex that if you're going to dumb everything down we're never going we're never going to get to a solution because 
there's so many moving parts. And even in the government to make the policies, there's personalities within the offices. Maybe this person doesn't get along with that person. So they want to stick it to them so they can get that person's job. And so this person doesn't get their shit passed because somebody else down the line is vying for that senator spot in the next election. And so they withhold funding for this thing and then that thing over there. You know, so how, you just described it is called a game, my friend. Sure. Uh, well, big I'm, I'm agreeing. Game. But when people go on TV and just say everyone should have health care, all the stuff that I just said, nobody wants to talk about that. Why? Because it's too complicated. Like, yeah. oh, well, people, people won't be able to understand it. They'll just – so we shouldn't talk about it. It's kind of like solving. No. If you solve the problem, you can't talk about it. If you can't talk about it, you can't make money. Um, that too. Really at all angles. And so I'm just talking about the speech part. I agree with what you said, though. I'm just talking about what speech gets put out, what speech gets put out there. And you're saying, well, yeah. people, critical thinking skills lacking. Okay, but we need critical thinking skills to pro solve a problem like that. So you're just going to not talk about the parts that need critical thinking and we're never going to solve the problem, which then goes into what you were about to say. Yeah. If you critically think to solve the problem, we can't make money by saying the problem is the biggest problem in the world. An unprecedented never been here before problem that's always nothing, been there nothing is new under the sun nope um, so you know the person yeah. in LA in charge of the homeless issue that works for the government is making $200,000 a year and the problem hasn't gotten any better i've got to i've got to come to an acceptance of sometimes life just don't make sense even though we've made it into a structure that doesn't make it's not like it's you know natural selection that just we can't understand. There's a lot of yeah, you know, and the thing is too is everyone's moral compass is not identical, and mm -hmm. so hundred percent you don't what what I might think is wrong. Someone else can be like I could care less. They're paying me, and I'll, I'll take the money. And I've 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 come to peace knowing that <clears throat> as long as I kind of walk this walk out in a way that I can be happy and look back and say you know. I think I did as best as I can according to how I've been called to do so. I'm at peace. We're not going to solve, you know, the problem. I was just talking about, uh, one of my coworkers was just talking about what happened to Tennessee recently, and I was like... What happened to Tennessee? Yeah, you hear about the, the members who got expelled from the, uh, no. the state government? It was two, really it was three folks, three three uh, Democratic representatives in the state government had gotten, uh, I think a vote was brought to expel them it was two black men and one white woman and only both of the black men got expelled and so like memphis and another area in tennessee technically don't have any representation in the state government right now because their members got expelled they got expelled because they participated in a protest against their protest at the state capitol to try and figure out some type of gun protection legislation after the shooting that happened in tennessee um and instead of like one of the arguments i heard was we expelled these members because they participated in the protests. We couldn't fix the issue or even legislate on gun protection laws because this protest blocked us from doing it. And it was like, well, you guys want us to solve a problem. We can't solve the problem because you guys are creating an impasse in it. So we're going to get rid of the members of, of the, of the chamber who participated in that impasse. But it was also racially charged in a sense, because it was only the two black men. And as of now, the woman could have also been uh, expelled. I haven't been following up on it since, because I'd, I gave up on wanting to follow it. That was just kind of, that was kind of just an in-your-face like overreach. I think of the government um, in Tennessee, 
rather than trying to agree it's freedom of assembly and freedom of speech and it's you know it's 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 now the the folks in that area are still going to get taxed for everything but they don't have a representative at the state level in the i think it's i don't know if it's called the delegates or the the senate the way it is in virginia but they're going to hold a special election to um the seats i know filing in virginia's deadline already passed i don't know anything about 10 and there's a partly why i was saying i don't you know i don't live in tennessee um it is, a, it is an issue, and if it was my job to pay attention and learn more about those issues, I would. Um, but me knowing everything about that doesn't really make my life necessarily easier. It really makes it, makes it harder because now I have to like emotionally carry the anger of those folks in a place that I have never even been to. Um, yeah, which fuck I, Tennessee. I've, I've Just gotten, kidding. <laughs> I want to go to Nashville. Boy, have I heard amazing things about Nashville. Yeah, yeah. I have, I I have as well. Memphis is really nice also. Memphis makes some good music too, dude. I don't yeah. know a lot of Memphis rap, but they have been going crazy out there, and like the you know R.I.P. Dolphin and everything. But they've been going. I want. I'd want. I'd want to visit it just to see if it's like. I always have like this idea of the Dominican. Dude, Republic. we should go visit Brandon. Do you live in Memphis? Nashville. Oh, I'm 100 percent game for that. Thousand percent. He lives in Nashville. Yeah, he moved not too long ago. Is he making country music? Well, Jason, if you had listened to the podcast that I had with him, you would know why he's there. No, I'm just oh, messing. His parents, might, his his parents moved out there, and he went with him. You might you give me some incentive. Yeah, I you should. I'm gonna be a cornball and be like, if I don't hear country music, a single come from you in a while, I'm gonna be upset. Isn't the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Nashville or in Knoxville one of the two? Of all the things that have been said, that's the worst one, and I don't oh, know the, the answer. I don't oh, know the yeah. answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All right, all right. I'm, Google, I'm googling. I'm googling. I'm googling. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Nashville, Tennessee. Rock and Roll. It might not even be in Tennessee. I could be 100 wrong with Darren. So that'll tell you how much I know about music. Do you really want to know? Oh boy, it's not in Tennessee, is it? No. <laughs> Give me a hint. I feel like I might. Uh similar region of the country. North or south of Tennessee. North. Is it Chicago? No. Is it Detroit? No. East. Cleveland? Yep. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland? That's what Google said. So if that's wrong too, look, people, don't come get us, okay? I'm very happy. I'm very comfortable with this being the worst thing that we've said on this entire podcast. I think this is a space for both you and I and our viewers to learn. (laughs) <laughs> you're not you're not wrong <laughs> i'll be listening to podcasts i'm like that don't sound right and i'm googling like damn it is right what the heck maybe i'm wrong you know well that's that's the other thing with podcasts like taking out what is good and what's not good i'm sure we've got a bunch of things wrong but we also just trying to learn more about stuff that's why but i always say this is even some of the people who might listen don't know it. no one knows everything and so we might have said nah. stuff that we might have said stuff that they were like, yeah, you're 100% right. Or the same fashion, we might have said stuff that we are 100% wrong. You just kind of got to go with it. Who knows? Or if someone yeah. else, or if some, we said something that we know is right, and someone else was believing something that was incorrect, and they're like, hold on, that don't sound right. And then they Google it, and they're like, oh, these guys are right. Yeah. Go, it goes both ways. That's why I got to do these ones only once in a while. Because the other <laughs> ones where I'm interviewing people, I'm just yeah. asking questions. And I'm trying to learn about what they're doing. Yeah. But with you and Chris and a few others, I'm just talking about random shit for two hours. It's 
a lot more like fun, it. a lot more high risk for me to put this on the internet. <laughs> uh, it's, it probably, it's, it's a good episode to make your YouTube shorts or your TikTok or Instagram reels out of. I know I'm too long winded. It's re- those are actually really hard to come up with, you know, because I have to go back through however Ow. long of footage. So sometimes what I end up doing is I just close my eyes and let it go on a certain, like a third of the way in and listen for five minutes and see if I can find one. And I just go again. Yep. So it's so hard to find something that fits within a minute. When we talked about Twitter files for 15 minutes, what one, what one minute in there is good and is concise enough and actually says something that is worth putting in a reel. That's not just within a bigger thing. Yeah. So it's tough. It's tough. That's that's hard too. The other hard part is finding guests always. So if anyone wants to come on who has something interesting to say or just wants to shoot the shit, let me know. I bet not you. I'm talking to the listeners, but also if you have people too, that'd be that'd be nice. That's fine. My, my thought process is cool, folks. Um, but anyways, yeah, nobody's gonna be listening by this point anyway. So anyway. <laughs> I've seen I've seen the graphs. We can literally say whatever we want right now. I've seen the graph. It goes like this. It's like 100% viewership and then by like 10 minutes in it's just zero. It drops out. Yeah. That's all right. That's why you, I know I'm safe. That's why I brought up Andrew Tate 50 minutes in. You only can you only see those graphics for YouTube or is it on like all podcasts platforms? For YouTube, for YouTube mostly, yeah. Are you on There was a platform I had shared with you back when we were both we were both trying both try to get started and I never got started. I know um, you didn't, you sell out. Yeah. We're supposed to do it together and hold each other accountable. And I'm a hundred episodes in and you're zero. I haven't even started. Me and my buddy built we bought soundproof panels, had his room set up. It was in a sunroom. Can I have those? Huh? Can I have those? Probably can. I ain't gonna lie to you. Probably still <laughs> sitting in his sunroom, untaken off the wall. Um oh, no, when you do good. it, I don't know how to get it stuck because you might have to I don't it. well, I was gonna get one of those. Like screen things behind me, yeah. But I don't know. What were you about to say? Oh, platforms. Anchor is Anchor the one that you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I yeah I'm on that one. Spotify bought it, you know. Bought Anchor out. Mm-hmm. It's now called Spotify for podcasters. A rebrand. Just kind of you know slap on Spotify's name. They went all in on after they after they gave Rogan a hundred million dollars. They went all in on podcasts. Interesting. I they, shared I had shared a podcast with somebody, um, and uh, I actually follow World XP Podcast on Spotify. I'm pretty sure. Hell yeah! Anyone still listening who hasn't followed World XP Podcast on Spotify, please do it and I subscribe am. on YouTube. And, and. The big kahuna, you can support this on Spotify for podcasters for as little as 99 cents a month. What? Well, yeah, because that's how Anchor used to work. Look at that. Yeah. If you haven't learned about COVID-19. Uh, I do? No, a tag on one of your episodes. Which one? Um, just... Is it with Chris? Yes. <laughs> that means I've made it. I texted him when the tag popped up. He was like, yes, we've made it. <laughs> oh, my. They have flagged your video. They said, they hey. Uh, uh, uh. 
Go ahead. Here's our article. You know what's actually funny about him? Uh-uh. Is he's more qualified to talk about it than 99% of the people that are talking about it. He's an immunologist, cancer researcher, PhD. He knows how the immune system works and how vaccines Does he work. Does he work at NIH? No, he works at some bio biotech company. Is he like a science, like an experimental scientist? Principal lead scientist, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he knows his shit, bro. He I got a someone... PhD from Johns Hopkins Medical School. He's uh He's, he, or he Johns Hopkins cancer something important thing did his postdoc <clears throat> at Harvard. He's dude. He's fine. He knows I his heard, shit. I heard someone tell me that uh they didn't trust Dr. Fauci because he's a lab lab scientist doctor and not a like medical practicing doctor. And a lot of the policies and things he was supporting didn't consider the human emotion or aspect of it and i was like that's probably a benefit because if he did he might have skewed maybe his recommendations based on people's or emotions which i don't i don't trust him because he said i am the science if you question me you're questioning the science he said that that shit yeah to Rand paul in congress oh boy boy. also they had a trigger warning for those listening they ran an experiment on beagles because I guess they have Aww. a high pain tolerance and they Aww. let sand flies eat their faces off or some crazy shit. Go, 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 yeah, go Google Fauci Beagles bugs and it's <laughs> what? what a Google. It's, it's, don't actually, I mean, if you want to, it made me really sad, honestly. Um, Beagle, Beagle oh, Beagle. oh, no, 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 they didn't do it because the pain tolerance, they did it because they don't bark as much or something. Let me make sure that's true. As I'm seeing from the hill, a couple of things from Peter. Yeah. So, anyways, Fauci, nice guy. Um, I love how Peter is the one that shared this article. What's well, Peter yeah. for again? Oh, even tell you. I, get. I know they got into an argument with like Jimmy's crabs on Twitter. People for ethical treatment of animals. Yeah, they got into an argument with some crab company on Twitter, which was fucking hilarious. Some crab company based out of Baltimore. If I can find it, I'm not Ocean gonna bother City. to find it. Yeah, dude, people, Maryland, or the yeah. state. <laughs> right. Right, like a football toss from a from yeah. DC. Really from Northern Virginia, yeah. just throw it over the city. Yeah. You could throw a football over the city of DC. That'd be insane. League him. League him as, as he would just be like, he would flick it at That's fucking yards. Iron Man, bro. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, so you should, if, you, if you've not seen Rand Paul uh, question Fauci, you, you, Jason, but also people listening, you should, uh, listen to it because my man says some crazy shit how he skirts around questions and stuff but I don't know I don't know in the senate hearing let me look I think it happened once or twice Um, but Rand Paul I'm pretty sure Rand Paul is a doctor Actual doctor. Yeah, Duke School of Medicine. Um, 
fuck is ophthalmology? That's for the eyes, ain't it? Yeah, it is. But the point is that he understands how to read science medical type shit. And Rand Paul Fauci beat down. Is it the title? No, I just Googled, Googled oh. it. I was about to say, that's not clickbait at all. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of wild. The whole thing is kind of wild. Speaking of people lying under oath, he said that he didn't know what gain of fun, or he said that they weren't doing gain of function research because that day on the NIH website they changed the definition of gain of function research. So his what he said in Congress like matched up with what the oh yeah all this shit is crazy. And last soapbox to get on. I know it's difficult to pay attention to all these things, right? And I got into this conversation because I saw an article that FIFA had put women's players into the game and they were mad because like one of their hair was messed up and one of them didn't look like they did in real life or something. And people were like, yeah, FIFA's racist and it's offensive to people. Cause one of the, one of them was bald. Like, but these are glitches in software. There's been a dude who's got a man bun who's been bald since the game came out in September. They just put these people in the game like a week ago. And 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 news people are like Yahoo, and these people are like, yes, FIFA's racist, yada yada yada. When you got shit like that going on, where Fauci's saying, "Oh, we didn't do this," and then we're yeah. sending more shit to Ukraine, yeah, and that's what people are paying attention to. That some video game character is bald. Entertainment, and Entertainment. the players weren't even the players were tweeting about it as like. All right, can we get this fixed? But also, it's a little bit funny. It yeah. seemed seemed like the vibe to me. And so these news articles are saying, "Oh my gosh, look at this company! It's so horrible. They're so insensitive and offensive to all these people." As Biden is falling up the stairs because we have a president that doesn't know where he is. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And it's and it's probably why it's so easy. It's much easier to just kind of disconnect because. There's so much. That's when shit. That's when shit hits the fan, though. That's when you cannot disconnect because when you disconnect, then these people just do whatever they want. Well, excuse me. Am I boring you? No, no, no. If we're not in a position to actually affect change, right? How much? Like, I don't disagree with that either. We're like, I can't do nothing about that. I mean, the only thing they want, really, is what why they do it is they want you to send money. Help help fund what we're trying to do over here, which at the end of the day, you can. You're 100,000% free to do so. You don't always know where that money goes. I'm right. not sending money to anyone. You never know where it goes. Because um, some campaigns are more honest or less honest than others, right? Yeah. You know, this generally might be going to helping that person get back in. Or it could be helping fund a private luxury vacation. Yeah, or it could be helping fund Hillary Clinton's hit jobs on people. By the way, I don't want to kill myself. <laughs> Likewise, I do not either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should probably end this before we say before we really say some stupid shit. We got an FBI subpoena. We'd be like, oh well. I also yeah, do not want an FBI subpoena. I don't. I don't want that. Nope, nope, guys. We've done nothing wrong. I'm going to do my taxes appropriately as a U.S. citizen. I'm glad you just said that. Did you forget? I'm going to do it after this. I have yet to do my time. But I have I worked like four jobs last year, so I am no have fun with that, dude. I am in no That was one of the other reasons why I didn't want to coach. 
Because you get I, you get the W two for that. No, because I didn't want to figure out how to report it on taxes. I'm so lazy. <laughs> I think I'm getting. We're getting to that point where you know the free version of like TurboTax or H and R Block. We might have to like sit down with somebody and be like, talk to me about how do I get this right. Yeah, there's a lot of I donate. Yeah. I don't. I have like a monthly auto donation to like two churches, so it probably pulled out like five write offs. Good job. You Save know that but, money. But it's like I don't know how to report that on a free version on an H and R Block with no. You know, I'm using talking to a robot AI chat thing, and I'm like. I just need somebody. To, I need to give somebody everything that I have about taxes, and they just give me. They bundle it up, make it into a nice. That's thing. expensive. Yeah, yeah. Do we know anyone from school that did like tax law or went into business tax stuff? My cousin's an accountant, but I don't know what type of. I don't know if he's oh, doing accounting. Like, yes, that's that's the profession. Yeah, I don't know if he's doing like tax accounting. Tax accounting. Yeah, I know someone at my church who was who works for an accounting firm, and she told me she's like, "Yeah, tax season just sucks for accountants if you're working in a tax firm." She's like, "I mean, it January sucks until they get public. paid bank for it." Yeah. As soon as tax season is done and those checks hit their accounts, they're like, "Ooh, that was kind of nah." But uh, I'm going to Mexico. Yep, going to Cancun. Don't call yeah. me for three for three weeks. I'm gone. Oh my uh, god! I mean, it's like it's like, that's like that's like. Spring madness, not March madness. It's spring madness, and at the end of the year, everyone wins. <laughs> everyone goes on a nice vacation. Oh, wrong. Hopefully, we hopefully we both get some nice refunds. That'd be cool. I had to pay last year too, which is part of the reason why you I'm had like, to pay. Oh, I had to pay like two hundred dollars. Oh my god! Like, like the government money. I'm surprised huh? they didn't kick your door down and get that two hundred dollars. Yeah. They're really good about getting the money that you owe them, but less yeah. good about giving it back yeah. when they that owe return, you. That return, that return. Oh yeah, we, we don't know what you're talking about. We don't know what you're yeah. talking about. It's like a magician where it's like, uh, and they just flip their hand around. There's a check, and they go back. Uh, we, you know, we still don't know. They're really good at making money disappear. Yeah, <laughs> their own included. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace out, y'all.